0: Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Prospero Año Nuevo. That's Spanish for a prosperous new year. Um, what an awesome way to start the new year Amen. with God's people worshiping God. Amen. We're starting out on the right foot, huh? Amen. Hey, um, before, I, before I launch into the sermon series, I kind of want to do a couple of things. Number one, those of you who gave on Christmas Eve for the missionaries, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because I was out there on the mission field for about 14 years, and sometimes being away from family and out on the field, you know, you, it's lonely. You know, you miss your family. You can't always be here for the holidays. And so just to know that your church family was thinking of you and giving to you, and, you know, um, and it helps too with buying gifts and that kind of stuff too. So thank you so much for. Um, taking care of our missionaries. The other thing I want to do is I want to thank um, those of you who gave to the night of generosity. I want to thank to those who thank to those who um, also gave to our mission trip because several people made donations to um, our mission trip to Mexico. and I want to do something, um, Again, before we start the series, if you just came back from Mexico because you went on a mission trip with me, will you please stand? Not everybody's here, but I see Chris is back there with the camera. We got Veronica right here. Geraldine is up there in the, up in the box back there. She was with us. And we had an amazing time. And I'm putting a plug in because next year, my goal is to bring lots of young people to Mexico with me junior high, high school, college age, families, anybody who wants to go. So what I would like to do is I would like to invite Brian to come forward. He's going to share just a quick testimony. And Geraldine is going to show some pictures from our trip. So come on up, Brian.
1: Good, good morning. That sounds like it's working. Yeah, it's That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much for letting me t- uh, speak just a little bit about the Mexico mission trip. This was my very first opportunity to go on a mission trip, and I could say it's, uh, it was life-changing, it was intense, it was powerful. Um, it, as you can see in the pictures, and there's one that's gonna be coming soon, um, which this one right here, which I would like to talk more about in a second. Um, is just, it's just as powerful. If, if I could explain this particular picture, this is a dump that's just right out, outside of the town. And in this dump is what we would consider the most abandoned people in the, in the community, the people who have been forgotten, have been discarded. And the ministry goes into this dump, and you can imagine there's smoke in the background, the place is littered completely. I mean, it's a dump, right? It has dogs, wild dogs running everywhere, Uh, and there's people living in this dump. Um, Drug, people who have been addicted to drugs, people who have uh, just, who are at the mercy of whatever debts they owe to those uh, drug dealers, or even cartel, I guess, perhaps related members, I don't know. But, so they go and they minister to these folks, and they, they give them, food, water, prayer, and an opportunity to get out. Um, there's a gentleman there named Isaac who you should pray for if you can, who leads this and lives this, and there's com- you know, people there who live this every day. We need to pray for them because they're the ones reaching out all the time to these f- people in this community, in these communities. The The big biggest thing that I could say is this was a big eye-opener in terms of the difference between light and darkness. With the, with the children and seeing the kids and the needs of the community, you see the light of God, the radiance of His love. Excuse me. As it shines through the kids, right, and the communities there, and in the, in the families, because of his love, you, can, you, you get an intense understanding of God's love for us, each one of us. We're his children also. But you get an intense understanding of that through these beautiful kids and these families as we serve them. And then you go and see those folks at the dump, and you could see the, radi- not the radiance, but the intense power of what sin can do, the intense power of the human condition. The intense power of how far we can go down and then you go there and you understand that we are truly at war you're truly there are people with true needs and we walk around them every day here in our community in this community and we have to realize that there is a true battle between light and darkness but you can see that in such an intense way so when you give whether it's prayer whether it's financially whether it's your time you are literally fighting a battle and you're helping the warriors on this on this mission field fight that as well because i can tell you just being there how intense it was for me that there are people doing this every day of their lives There are people in this dump that may never leave that dump. They may die in that dump. Imagine a life like that without God. So um, I wanted to just say how proud I am of meeting the people that I met on the mission trip and Kim and all the leaders and the wonderful brothers and sisters I was able to meet and get to know better. That was just an awesome event for me I, I really appreciate that that was a blessing from God to me to be able to, to be there and, and be, be able to serve him in that way thank you for your time I appreciate it
0: thank you Brian I just wanted to make sure that you had a chance to kind of see you know what, what happened down there in Mexico and obviously that um, particular community has a special place in my heart because I invested 14 years down there. And uh, so it was so much fun uh, to take Brian on his first trip down there. Um, we just had lots of fun, lots of laughs, but we, we worked really hard too. And so we had very full days. Thank you, Veronica. So so, much, so awesome. So please join us if you can on a mission trip. It really is life-changing, mostly because what you're doing as you're giving a concentrated time to God to let him work in you and then to work through you. And uh, it's a beautiful experience because you get outside your comfort zone, you get outside your routine, and God meets you in very special ways. Um, So thank you, Brian. Um, So we're going to start this new sermon series, and it's called Facing Fear. And... um, I was thinking about, like, I don't remember if it was the 80s or the 90s. Do you guys remember a bumper sticker that people used to put on their car and it said, Fearless? Remember that? It was kind of like this bragging, these boasting rights, like, I'm not afraid of anything, you know? Like, I can jump out of an airplane or do anything. Like, I'm a thrill seeker and I'm not afraid of anything. And as we're moving into this sermon series... The, the, I believe that what God wants to do through this sermon series is make us fearless people. And, and, and the way that that happens is that we overcome our fears by knowing that God is with us. I was thinking this morning, this isn't really in my notes, but I was thinking this morning of you know, that famous Psalm 23. And it says, even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. That's the way you live fearlessly in 2023. And that's the title of this message today, Living Fearlessly in 2023. And you know, as COVID invaded the planet In 2020, I saw something that shook me to the core. Because not only was it this pandemic that showed up, but the fear that was released through the media, it's like it blanketed the entire planet. And and so I feel like this sermon series is really gonna help us come out of that fear that was put there um, and that we're going to break free from fear, and that we're going to live fearlessly. And so that is, that is my goal as we share today um, this new sermon series. And really what it is, it's about living a courageous, faith-filled life. And I, I found this study as I was preparing this message because I was thinking about, you know, the effects that fear has on us. There are physical effects, there are emotional effects, there are spiritual effects, there are mental effects, like fear has an incredible effect on our life, right? And so I found this study, it's super a- academic, um, Jeremy probably understands it better than I do, but I just wanted to break down this study for you a little bit so that you could see the, the, the intense effects that fear has on you, this was actually done, this is neuroscience, this is 2017, and so there's like this whole list of things. Um, so first of all, there's this guy named Moeller, and he outlined the potential consequences of fear on overall physical, emotional, environmental, and spiritual health. The potential effects of chronic fear on overall health include, look at this, it affects your immune system, your endocrine system, your autonomic nervous system, your your ability to sleep. It produces sometimes eating disorders and it, it can affect your pituitary, your hypothalamus. So, I mean, we're talking the physical effects of fear. If you're living in a constant state of fear, Man, all these systems in your body just really, really get messed up. And then the second one was, the, um, on the next slide it talks about um, the potential effects on, it can also cause, you know, headaches and muscle aches and um, fibromyalgia, body aches, chronic pain, difficulty breathing, and asthma. So imagine that, you just, you live in fear and all these negative things are happening to your body. Right? Then you go into the emotional health where people disassociate from themselves. They're unable to have loving feelings. They feel helpless. They, they develop phobias, um, mood swings, obsessive compulsive thoughts. So um, that's, those are some other effects and the, the emotional part of us. And then you look at the, the, the environmental health. Continued living in fear, generating situations due to uncertainty of moving out and unknown associated dangers. Not able to find safe housing. Think about those people in the dump. Afraid to leave home because of paranoia. You know, so fear... Fear, fear, just has a lot of a lot of really negative effects on us. And then um, potential consequences of chronic fear on spiritual health: bitterness and fear toward God or others, confusion, disgust with God or religion, loss of trust in God and/or clergy, waiting for God to fix it, despair related to perceived loss. Of spirituality. And lastly, Moeller says that fear can affect the ability to learn. And when I when I thought about that, I was like, oh my gosh, like for these last few years, imagine the effects that it's had on our young people, on our children, you know, on families. You know, I, I was so heartbroken when I when I saw this this thing in people where it's like people were afraid to touch. They were afraid to hug. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this is this is this is intense. And I'm so thankful that we're kind of beyond that. But I want to talk about what we do to overcome fear. How do we overcome fear? How do we face fear? How do we overcome fear? And how do we live courageously in this coming year? Okay? So uh, we're going to go to the Word of God because the Word of God really is, it's the basic instructions before leaving earth. It's the Bible, right? So I want to tell you about something that happened. It was 2012, and I was seeking God for the new year. I was like, God, what what is this new year? What do you want to teach me this year? And God said to me, that he wanted to deliver me from all my fears. And honestly, like, I don't consider myself to be a fearful person. I mean, I went out on the mission field. I mean, I, it, but there are, there are, we, we all have fears. Just like Chris said, we all face fears. And I said, okay, God, you want to deliver me from my fears? Like, I'm in. Like, teach me. Show me how it's done. And What happened was I was reading Psalm 34, so I'm going to share that with you. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 5. And it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. He shall make, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed." And that's what happened i was reading this particular psalm and when i got to that verse lord verse 4 i sought the lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears and i went okay god i'm in. like what what is it you want to teach me about fears and i started to think about like think about if you live a life motivated by fear like, what happens when you live a life motivated by fear? You make really bad decisions when you're motivated by fear. You know, if your life is motivated by fear, you're just kind of like going through life, like putting out fires. Like, you're just... And I started to go, wow. Like, I don't want to live my life motivated by fear, God. Like, I want to. I want you to deliver me from my fears... And I said, you know what? I want my life to be motivated by love. I wanna live my life motivated by love, not by fear. And that's when God took me to this next scripture, which you'll find in 1 John chapter four. I love what this says. Now, if you wanna know how to live fearlessly, in 2023, it says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love, it casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And I said, okay, this is going to be my experience, this is going to be my experiment for this year. I don't want to be motivated by fear. I don't want to be paralyzed by fear. I don't want to make decisions in fear. I I don't want to project fear onto my son or the people around me. I want to live motivated by love. So God, thank you. You love me. Like I'm just going to, every time I start to feel fear, I'm going to allow his love to wash over me. I'm going to meditate on the fact that you love me with an everlasting love. And just like, just like Tara read, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, not height or depth. There's nothing, not angels or demons. There's nothing. So when you realize that you are loved and you allow love to fill your heart and fill your life, guess what? Fear has to go. Because it says, that's right, that's right. It says perfect love casts out fear. Love and fear cannot cannot be in the same place so you go love I'm I'm allow love to fill me I'm not gonna allow fear to grip my heart to grip my life I would I refuse to allow fear to control me and so I spent a whole year I spent that whole year just going God teach me not to live by fear but to be motivated by your love and I remember this one particular circumstance I was in. My son was, he was just getting ready to turn 18. And I, there was like, I was struggling because I was like, man, he's like, he's going to leave. And then I don't know what's going to happen, what choices he's going to make. He's going to move into adulthood. Did I teach him enough? Did I, you know, you just, you have all these things that you go through your head as a, as a parent, right? Well, this one particular day, Um, I was getting ready to go down to, like, a leadership conference, and he was going to stay back with some, with some, you know, some people that were living at my house with me at the time, and I remember I got really angry at him because he was being influenced by some people, by a young man in particular, and so anyway, I lost it. I got super angry with my son, and I yelled at him, and then he, le- he went home and then here I am sitting in this van getting ready to go to Ensenada to this leadership conference. And I was sitting there and this is what God said to me. He said, you got angry because you're afraid. And I was like, wow, I, I never associated like fear and anger until that moment. And God's like, you were angry because you're afraid. And I was like, that's right, I I am. Like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid my son's going to be influenced by this kid. I'm afraid they're going to get into trouble. I'm afraid afraid they're going to make the wrong decision. And I'm going off, and I'm not there to, like, make sure that, you know, everything's okay. And God said to me, he said, he said, I'm going to conquer his heart just like I did your heart. And I was like, oh, well, okay. You know, like that, that's really good news. And he said, weren't you way worse off than your son at his age? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ask my parents, you know. Um, but it, again, it helped me to overcome my fear. I'd, sometimes you, I didn't know that, ang- that the reason I was angry is because I was afraid, but God started like showing me, see that? That's fear. Don't live in fear, don't be afraid like trust me with your son, trust me with your son, I'm working on him, you know, and and so I'm I'm just sharing these experiences with you, because I believe that God wants to fill his people with his love, so that what comes out of us isn't fear, but it's love, and so that was the first thing that I wanted to share with you, and now I'm like, who knows? I just lost myself. I don't know where all the notes are here, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I'm gonna, we're going to move in. So this whole sermon series is called Facing Fear. So I wanted, I want, now I'm going to move into, this is Luke chapter 12. And I believe that this is kind of the key verse um, that, that we're going to look at. And I love what Jesus says to his disciples. And he's saying to us. He says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I don't know, think about that. Like, you don't have to be afraid. Like, your Father, the creator of heaven and earth, like, he wants to give you the kingdom. Like, his realm where he rules and he reigns where there's love and grace and mercy and peace he wants to give you the kingdom and where does the kingdom where is the kingdom right now the kingdom is in you why because the king he lives in you the kingdom is within you and you allow the king to rule and reign in your heart. You allow his love to fill your heart and your life. And his perfect love gets rid of fear. And, he, and you allow him to operate inside you. And that is called living in the kingdom. There's like the kingdom now, and then there's the future kingdom like when we die, right? And so I just wanted to share that with you. God wants to give you the kingdom and not only does he want the kingdom to be inside you, but he wants the kingdom to flow through you. So when you show an act of love, when you, show, when you hug someone who's living out on a dump, when you give a toy to a child, when you smile at someone at the grocery store, like you are, you are showing God's love. You are showing God's kindness. You are displaying God's kingdom here on the earth. And not only that, like when, when Jesus manifested his kingdom on the earth, like it was powerful, like he cast out demons and he healed the sick. And I believe that is where God wants to take us. He wants his church, which is the body of Christ here on the earth, he wants his church to manifest the kingdom, to manifest his rule and his reign, his righteousness here on the earth. And so we become the conduits of God's love, and we become the conduits of God's kingdom here on the earth to manifest the kingdom. Now, I love this, and um, I feel like when Jeremy kind of designed this series, he gave me like this, you know, you ever play softball, you know, and they give you this sweet pitch, and you're just like, oh, knock it out of the park kind of thing. So Isaiah 61 Isaiah 61, um, verse 1. Um, I would have to say, and I know this is true for Jeff, Jeff too, and I believe this is for the entire church, but I would have to say this verse right here is something that I feel like God in Mexico in 2005, as I was reading a book called Waking the Dead, this verse came alive to me, and I feel like God told me, this is what I want you to do with your life. So I'm going to share it with you because I believe it's what God wants you to do with your life too. So let's read it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed now this verse is actually referring to jesus this verse is referring to jesus and what happens is jesus begins his earthly ministry how does he begin the holy spirit leads him into the wilderness he gets tempted by the devil 40 days he comes out of the wilderness he shows up into his hometown nazareth he goes into the synagogue and the synagogue leaders, they hand him, because in those days they didn't have a Bible, but they had these scrolls, these parchments that were all rolled up. And, and, and the, the guy there, one of the, one of the, probably the chief priests, or I don't know, not priests, but who, one of the main guys, one of the synagogue leaders, he hands him the scroll of Isaiah. Jesus opens up the scroll, the whole scroll of Isaiah. He goes down and he finds Isaiah 61 verse 1 and this is what he reads the spirit of the lord is upon me the holy spirit he's upon me and he's anointed me he's chosen me he's clothed me to bring the good news to the poor and that's exactly what Jesus did he every word that came out of his mouth was good news i love you you're forgiven my kingdom is not like this earthly kingdom he 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 brought good news he comforted the brokenhearted. He set captives free, Amen. people who were in bondage to demonic forces, people who were living their whole lives with sickness. Jesus came in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when he was here, everywhere he went, people heard good news. People got set free. People got healed. And it was incredible. And I believe that, like I said, that we are members of the body of Christ, and I believe that God wants his spirit to come upon every single one of us, and he wants us to preach the good news to the poor. He wants us to comfort the brokenhearted. He wants us to proclaim liberty to the captives, and he wants us to set the prisoners free. There's so many people out there, you guys, and I, I hope you don't mind if I share this, Brian, but, you know, um, when, you know when we were on our trip there, you know, I was, Brian you know, Brian shared a very, you know, personal story with us, and uh, you, do you mind if I, no? So, oh, yeah, kind of put the guy on the spot, you know? I don't want to put him on blast like Jeff does, you know? He just, like, throws you under the bus, you know, and... <laughs> You're just sitting there like, I can't believe you just said that out loud. But anyway, now I'm going to do it, yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, Brian, one of Brian's friends committed suicide last year. And, I mean, he, and Matt, I mean, he was heartbroken over it, you know? He just crushed. And he's like, like man, where was I, you know? And... You know, why didn't I reach out to him? You know, you just, you, you feel guilt. You feel like, oh, man, maybe if I had done more, maybe if I'd, you know, done something like that, wouldn't happen, right? And so it just made me realize, you know, there's so many people around us, you guys, and they're hurting, and they're broken, and they're hopeless, and they're lost, and, and they don't see any other way out, you know? And, and, I, and I just feel like, It's time for the church to arise and shine. It's time for us to reach out to those brokenhearted people and and bring comfort. It's time for us, for those who are, you know, they're in addictions and they can't stop and they're killing themselves a little bit day by day. Jesus came to set the captives free. You know, and there's people around you that need to experience God's love. They need to experience, you know, um, God's ability, the power that he has to set people free. And so I just, you know, I was so moved that, you know, Brian was willing to share that with you, and I'm, I'm sharing it. Because why? Because I know from personal experience, I've had those thoughts. I'm so glad that I didn't go through with it. I'm so glad that God kept me from that. You know, but it's like wow. You know, it's really important that we get out there and that we pray for people and that we love on people and that we reach out to people so that they know, you know, that they're loved and that their life matters and that there is hope. And um, and so I just wanted to share that with you because that was a super. It was a super tender tender moment on our on our trip when, when Brian shared that with us and. Um, And of course we want to encourage him, you know, because that's hard, you know, that's a very hard thing. And, um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like Jesus really wants to reach people. He really wants to reach the lost and he wants to do it through every single one of you. You know, there are people at your work that he wants to love on. There are people in your family that he wants to touch. And we are the body, we're the hands and feet of Jesus here on the earth. And so again, the spirit of the... So I, I, I did this, um, I don't remember where or when, but not too long ago, I told someone, I said, look, I want you to take that scripture, I want you to paste it on your mirror, and every day when you get ready for work, I want you to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted and, and and to bring you know to release prisoners. To release prisoners. So I just want to encourage you guys to really like as you're moving into this year to be super intentional. As you go into the workplace, as you go into the school, as you go into your family gatherings, like, God, is there something you want me to do? Is there something you want me to say? Is there someone I need to pray for? Is there a word of encouragement that you want me to speak to my brother-in-law, you know? Or to my boss, or whoever? Um, this is daring, Jesus rolled back up the scroll Isaiah 61 and he said today this scripture is being fulfilled before your very eyes and I'm sure people were shocked like what like Jesus how could you say that you're fulfilling scripture isn't this like isn't this Joseph's son like, isn't he a homegrown boy here? Like, isn't this Mary and Joseph? How could he say that the Spirit's upon him and he's anointed? What? Like, it was a bold declaration that Jesus made. Because Jesus knew who he was. And he knew why he was here. And that's the thing. When you know who you are and you know why you're here. And you know who you're here to represent. That will cause you to live fearlessly. Fearlessly. Because after all, he's with me. And if my God is with me, Jeff, who can be against me? Right? That's what God's word says. I don't know. I'm going to just believe it. I'm just going to live like it's true. And so, can you imagine like people are probably like, who's that guy think he is, you know? Oh my gosh, did you hear what he just said? You know? Jesus began his earthly ministry filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to do all that he did. He came preaching the message of good news, and Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. And Jesus lives in you, and Jesus lives in me, and and He he's inviting us into, into fulfilling the ministry that he was called to when he was here on earth. Who wants to sign up? Yes. Okay. Um, I do believe, I'm just gonna say this, I do believe that God is calling his church, his body on earth to be filled with his spirit, to bring a, a, a hope message, to heal the brokenhearted, He's he's inviting his church to walk in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit so that he can set people free from depression and from anxiety and from poverty and from addiction and from sickness and pain and any other affliction that they're living with in their life. Jesus didn't just preach the good news. He demonstrated it. He showed it through acts of power. He cleansed lepers. He forgave and healed a paralytic. He restored a withered hand. And he healed diseases. He cast out demons. He showed, he manifested the kingdom here on the earth. And I believe that we are moving in times where if you are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Use my life to to be a blessing to wherever he sends you. I believe that you will be surprised at the way he will use you to be a blessing to other people. And I got to tell you, the 14 years that I spent in Mexico, pouring my life out on the, on uh, the people down there. Man, I I, I would, you know I was I was there this this last trip you know, and I was looking around at all the people, you know all the little kids that were there and people that I had, you know, discipled, you know, the first person that I really met um, when I first, you know, went down there back in 2000 when I was young and I didn't have gray hair. And I was just like, wow, you know, just, I felt like God was showing me legacy. Everywhere I looked, you know, there were these people that I'd loved on, that I'd prayed for, that I had shared my life with, that I had taught, man, it was beautiful, it was, just, it was just so rich. And now they were the ones that were ministering, and that were praying, and that were preaching, and, that, and I was just like, my heart was just so full. It was just, my heart was just so full. And it's because when you, when, you give your, when you give your life away, you know, God just does beautiful things, and I just, I'm looking at the time, and oh my gosh, like I haven't even gotten into the chapter yet. So let's get into it. Fortunately, this is kind of the end. So here we go. Luke chapter 11, 53. And this is, um, and and he said these things to them. The scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently and to cross-examine him about many things, "'Lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something, "'he might say that they might accuse him. "'And in the meantime, an innumerable multitude of people "'had gathered together so that they trampled one another. "'And he began to say to his disciples, "'First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, "'which is hypocrisy, for there is nothing covered "'that will not be revealed nor hidden "'that will not be known.'" Therefore, wherever you have, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and whatever you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And so here we see, you know, we're in this situation, and the Pharisees are sh- have shown up, and they're trying to catch Jesus. You know, they're, they're looking for him, like, what's he going to say, you know, so they can accuse him? You know, it's like a, it's like a lawyer, you know, in a a cross-examination, you know, trying to trip the witness up kind of thing, you know? And so that's the situation. The Pharisees are there, and they're trying to catch Jesus into something, and then Jesus says, beware. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the hypocrisy, acting like one thing, but, you know, really something else is in your heart. Like, don't live like that, Jesus says. Don't live like these Pharisees right here. There's a religious spirit on them, and they want to catch me. They want to do something to me. They want to harm me. Beware of that leaven. D- don't allow that leaven in your, in, in your life. And then, because why? Because why, why were the Pharisees like that? Fear. They were filled with fear because Jesus spoke as one who had authority. And all they had was religion and rules and this, these laws that they were trying to keep. And all of a sudden they saw him and the people were following him. The people were listening to him. And so they, they were jealous and they had fear. And so they were trying to catch him to see if they could arrest him. Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees full of hypocrisy. And then he said, whatever you've spoken in the dark, it's going to be exposed. Like, don't ever think, you know, it, Don't ever think that you do something in in hidden that it's not eventually gonna come out, you know? It's like when a girl gets pregnant and they're trying to hide it, you know, it's like, you know, eventually, you know, like people are gonna know. You can hide it for a little while, you know, but that's kinda how sin is. Like eventually it all comes out into the open, you know. So the what you do is you live your life before God, knowing that He sees everything, He knows everything, you know, and Um, You're not going to be ashamed if someone proclaims from the rooftops, you know, like how you've lived your life. You're not going to be ashamed. You live your audience before before one. And I just want to finish up with this because I kind of went a little bit over. I just want to finish up with this. Um, Fear is actually what leads to hypocrisy. Living in fear leads to hypocrisy, while living in genuine faith and by the power of the Spirit displays God's kingdom. So I believe in this year that God is inviting us not to live in hypocrisy, not to say one thing and do another, but he is inviting us to live in genuine faith and by the power of the Spirit so that we can display God's kingdom. And so I just want to invite you this year, as you move into this year, ask God, what is it you want me to do? Who do you want me to touch? Who do you want me to love? Who do you want me to invite? Who do you want me to pray for? You have called me to be a blessing wherever I am. Who can I bless? Who can I share my faith with? Who can I hug? Who can I smile at? And, um, And I believe that you will really make a difference in in the people's lives around you if you choose to live that way intentionally. My husband likes to say, I like to live my faith out loud. Live your faith out loud this year and see if you aren't shocked by how God shows up and who he touches and what he does. Please stand. If there's anyone here today Or if there's anyone online and you have never received the love of Jesus, if your life is gripped by fear, this is the first step. You receive Jesus, who is love, into your life, and his perfect love will cast out your fear. And and just pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I repent. For living my life without you today i choose to receive you into my heart fill me with your perfect love set me free from fear i give my life to you live your life and love through me in jesus name amen